You know, I think there's a little uh, Clark Griswold in many of us wanting that perfect Christmas tree. Yeah, actually wanting that perfect Christmas. And, you know, the harder he tries, maybe that's true for us as, as, as well, the tougher it is to get that perfect Christmas. Tonight we uh, continue our series, More Than a Christmas Story, and we focus tonight on giving up on perfect. Merry Christmas, everybody. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, Lord, for tonight. It's a special night. It's a night like no other night of the year, Lord, where we celebrate your birth. Thank you for coming into the world to pierce the darkness and bring light into the world. We thank you for each person here tonight and would ask that you would open all of our hearts that we might be changed and transformed by your message. Pray this in your name, and everybody gathered said, Amen. 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 Well, for many of us, there is a yearly challenge where we try so hard to have this perfect Christmas. And it's from finding the perfect tree to the perfect gift to putting on the perfect meal, um, so many, the perfect house, as am I ringing the perfect bell for anybody here? Mm. Yeah. So the dad was home and I happened to have the TV on and it was on Rachel Ray. Anybody familiar with Rachel Ray? You know, she has a cooking show, but it, she talks more than she cooks during the show, right? But it was a, it's an enjoyable show and, and, and she had a guest who's some kind of a designer and she was there to show us how to perfectly wrap a gift, a Christmas gift, you know? And well, let me tell you, she was pretty sharp. I've been wrapping gifts for a long time and I picked up a couple of pointers and uh, I've already used them this season, but I, I'm still I waiting. Wait. Well, and yours are wrapped and yours were the closest to perfect, but none of them were absolutely perfect, but yours were close, I, I'll say that. Yeah. That's true. Well, we uh, love getting Christmas cards and pictures at Christmas time. You know, I don't know about you, but we've got an awful lot of uh, cards that have pictures of your kids and where you've been this summer and, um, oh, there's your dog. I mean, all kinds of wonderful, wonderful pictures. We just love them. We love seeing families together and how kids are growing up and to read the letters, just awesome. You know, it takes so much to coordinate those pictures. So much from, you know, everybody trying to have these coordinating outfits to making sure everybody's smiling or looking in the right direction, or how about the very perfect setting that you need to have the picture taken at? I remember uh, this past summer, everybody was home, and so we tried in our backyard to have all I don't know how many of us there are, 14, there with are a the lot. five grandkids, like, oh, look here, look here, and one's here, and one's here, and one's, you know, it's crazy. It wasn't the perfect picture. It wasn't the perfect picture, but it was very cute. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the challenges, no matter how hard we try, no matter how perfect the picture looks when it comes out, we all know that the picture is where the perfection ends. The picture is where the perfection ends. That's because uh, the pictures are of people, and people are never perfect. 
never perfect. So behind the smiles and the well-coordinated clothes and everything else that comes with these awesome pictures, there are people who have challenges and real-life stories and hurts and struggles because as humans, we live very imperfectly. Speaking of perfect, my, my mom was a, uh, she was a perfectionist, especially at Christmas time. Uh, she probably could have taught that designer lady on how to wrap gifts, you know. Hers were very, very precise. Her homemade bows were, were nearly flawless. Um, when, she, when she set the Christmas table, she was using paper napkins. If that thing had, had a pre-fold in the wrong place or if it didn't fold just right, well, it was gone next. You know, it, was, it had to be just right. And I used to watch her make gravy. And oh, what a, what a painstaking procedure. It took a lot of time and energy for her to produce that lump-free liquid gold <laughs> that I got to spread on my turkey and potatoes and on those mounds of dressing. Oh, that was glorious. But anyway, at the end of the day, funny thing, end of the day, all that was left behind from all that careful preparation basically was a pile of shredded uh, paper, wrapping paper, empty boxes, ribbons and bows all over the place, a lot of dirty plates and, uh, and, and empty dishes. And, and me sitting there wondering how were all the hours and the days and even the weeks of preparation, how, how they could all be over in just the wink of an eye. And all those perfect preparations now were going to find their way either into the garbage or into the garbage disposal. You see, no matter how perfect a Christmas we plan, underneath it all, we are still facing all of the day-to-day -day challenges and some days are much more challenging than others. Can I get an amen on that? Amen. Absolutely. You see, relationships that weren't working still aren't. <laughs> the perfect gift that we had hoped for that person who would just love it, it really wasn't all that when it was opened. And how about the toy that we had ready to give to our kid and it was broken by the end of the day? Yeah, when it's all said and done, we, we have to wonder, just like Charlie Brown did, what's Christmas all about anyway? And then we're reminded that at that first Christmas, the, the one in Bethlehem, the one that took place in the stable, the, the one where the baby was laid in a manger in a feed trough, we're reminded that the only thing perfect about that first Christmas was the one who was born that morning the one whose birth we celebrate, Jesus. You, you know, we've done a good job over the years, in the words of Michael Slaughter from his book, Christmas is Not Your Birthday. He says we've done a really good job of, of sanitizing, that's the word, sanitizing that first Christmas, sanitizing the birth, uh, the, the narrative of the birth of Jesus Christ. You know, our Christmas cards do a great job of just cleaning the whole place up as they as this light shines from heaven, forming a halo, not only around the baby Jesus, but everything around him and kind of brightening up the whole place. You know, our, our songs tell of cattle that are lowing and a baby that awakes, but no crying he makes. How many of you know babies like that? Come on, let's keep it real here. 
You know, these songs and chords have created beautiful images that we're able to carry around in our heads, but those images really tend to distort the reality that was there. So the cattle may have been lowing, but they were also making a mess, if you know what I mean. I mean, that's what cattle do. And where there are messes, there are flies. Has anyone ever, ever, ever been in a barn that's a fly-free zone? Absolutely not. Hardly flies are attracted to animals, and flies are attracted to what animals leave behind. And so, oh, what a mess. What a mess. Who's ever seen flies on the Christmas card that was sent to them? Let's talk about that birth for a minute. I've been to four of them. I've been right there, ringside seat for four of my four children. We have four children. I was there. I you're, was. You embellished it this service with that. It gets better as the night goes on, just like my grandmother's stories. They all get better. Let me tell you this. Have you never been there? Births are messy, and they're noisy. Not Carrie, of course. She didn't make a sound. She told me to say that. Um, but the kids, you know, kids cry when they're born, don't they? They, they make, it's noisy. And, 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 and the one we're talking about tonight didn't take place in the confines of a uh, sanitized, bacteria-free hospital delivery room. It was in a barn, a filthy, stinking barn. So much for the image on the cards. And, and maybe we're even going to have to rewrite the lyrics to some of these Christmas songs that we've been singing over the years. For example, Away in a manger, the cattle went poo. And little Lord Jesus, he just did too. The flies, they are buzzing, I can't get no sleep. This baby is crying, who brought in those sheep? All right, so Alan's big singing debut here tonight. He's been pushing that for years. They can unlock the doors now. Nobody yeah, left. Yeah, unlock good. the it's doors. Good. We're good. All right, so here's the thing. In the midst of all of the flies and the animals and the noise and the straw and the hay and all that other stuff, in the midst of all that, that's where God showed up. That's where God showed up, right there in that mess, in the middle of the animals, in the middle of the noise, in the middle of the sights and the smells and the sounds, in the midst of a mess, in the middle of that mess. That's where God showed up. That's where God entered the world. That's where God chose to enter the world, in the form of Jesus Christ, a baby in a manger, right there in the middle with the cattle and the sheep and the flies. God showed up in the middle of the mess. And the thing is, we shouldn't be surprised because that's what God does. That's who God is. God shows up in the middle of the messes of life. God shows up in the middle of the messes in our lives. It happened in the stable, and it happens today in our kitchens, 
in our family rooms, in our bedrooms, and in our boardrooms, at home, at work, at school, at church, in the troughs and in the trenches, God shows up in the middle of our messes. That's where many of us get it totally wrong. You see, we think that we have to have it all together in order for God to show up. We think that we have to have this good, clean living, practically sin-free for God to join us. We think that God doesn't want to have anything to do with us until we've got it all together, until we can handle our challenges, our addictions, our, our overspending, our anger, our hurt, our brokenness, our lack of faith, our lack of commitment, our lack of trust, and you know, you fill in the blank on that one. You know, it, it surprises me so much that when I'm out in the community at Walmart or Super G or the Acme, shout out to my Acme guy here, thanks for helping me today. Yeah, anyway. Boy, I stood in line for a long time. Whew. Okay, <laughs> so anyway, here I run into somebody and they say, Oh, hi, um, I haven't been at church for a while because my life is a mess. I'll come back when things are okay. I'm like to myself, oh my goodness, I'm a mess. That's what church is for. That's what a community of faith is for, to walk together, to be together in the mess. That's why Jesus came. We don't have to wait until we don't need God's help. Any, like everything doesn't have to be okay because then we don't even need God. Oh, yes, we do. We always need God. We always need God. And we are so wrong and so messed up when we think otherwise. We're reminded of a story that's found in the um, second chapter of the book of Mark. Mark's the second book in the New Testament, second part of the Bible. It's, it's one of four books that focuses on Jesus who he was, his life, his ministry. In this particular chapter, Jesus was teaching a large crowd near a lake, and, and out of that, he, he invites a guy named Levi. He also goes by the name Matthew. Funny thing, he's one of the guys that wrote one of those four books about Jesus later. Levi, known as Matthew, a hated tax collector because tax collectors cheated people hated tax collector, and Jesus right there invites this guy to follow him into the ministry. And Levi does just what Jesus asked him to do. Later, Levi invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. There were many people of this kind among Jesus' followers. But when the teachers of religious law who were Pharisees, saw him eating with tax collectors and other sinners, they asked his disciples, why does he eat with such scum? When Jesus heard this, he told them, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. Mm. And so Jesus came into the world, not for the righteous, but for you and me, <laughs> for the sinners. And he came not to a place that was starched and sterile. He came to a place that was sullied and stinking. 
He joined us right in the middle of the mess. As Mike Slaughter, again, from his book, uh, Christmas is Not Your Birthday, he says this, he says, life gets messy, but in the midst of your mess, God shows up. Can I get an amen? Amen. No matter what you are struggling to overcome, no matter what life issues have come your way, God promises to show up. Christmas is God's vivid reminder that amid the uncertainty, God shows up to bring you, say it with me, peace, Peace, purpose, purpose, joy, joy, hope, and and wholeness. God does not come to this earth in the form of Jesus Christ as a reward for how good we've been, (laughs) as a prize that we've earned, as a bonus because we are oh so worthy. God doesn't come here tonight for any of those reasons either. He doesn't come at this point, at this time, because we're doing everything so right. No, the truth is, God joins us even when we do oh so much wrong. It's not dependent on being naughty or nice. It's just love. It's just pure, unconditional love that he has for each one of us. And what we need to do is come to this place where we receive that. God's going to show up anyway, whether you receive it or not. God is there. But it's oh so much better when we say, okay. We stop saying no to the relationship and we turn toward God and allow God to point us to peace and purpose and joy and hope, and I'm going to put in healing and wholeness. So the question tonight, where are you with all this? Where are you? Are you sitting in the mess of of your life and trying to manage it and do it on your own? Or are you open to turning toward God, toward the one, toward Jesus Christ, who can bring the peace and purpose and joy and hope and healing and wholeness to your life in the midst of your mess? Yeah, God joins us not because we earned it, but quite simply because God loves us. God loves us. And Just like the angel told Mary that she was highly favored by God, God highly favors each of us, all of us, you and me, every one of us. And why? Well, Mike Slaughter again shares, if you're a parent, you understand this. We're parents. We get it. We favor our children. We've got four. We favor the guys they've married, three of them have married, the three son-in-laws, we favor them. We favor our five grandchildren. We love all of you. We love your kids and your grandkids and your sons and daughters-in-law. But we favor ours. And the reason is because they're ours. They're our kids and grandkids and sons-in-law. God favors you and you and me and favors us because each and every one of us God created. We're his kids. 
We're his kids. And God favors his kids. He created all of us, and so God favors each and every one of us. And that being said, that doesn't mean that God will keep us from all of the challenges in life. It doesn't mean that he will keep us from the hurts and the pain and the sorrow. But it does mean that when we open ourselves to God, again, when we stop saying no to God's help and instead saying, yes, okay, God, I can't do this on my own, God shows up in a very real and powerful way, unique for each one of us. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, we receive support and encouragement for the next day or the next moment of the day. And that's what we celebrate tonight, not because of the perfect Christmas tree or you know, the perfect outfit or the perfect photo or the perfect this or the perfect that. We celebrate tonight because God came to us in perfect human form to walk with us through our lives. Person to person, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. No, we are not perfect. But when we have this personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we are not alone when we go through the challenges and the mess because we are uh, covered by the one who is perfect, Jesus. And as we walk that out, we get ever closer and closer to be that person that God intended us to be when God first thought of us so long ago. Pastor Mike Slaughter, who we've referenced several times tonight, he shares this in his book. He says, miracles never happen outside of the context of mystery and mess. And so that's what we're celebrating tonight. The miracle of Jesus' birth, full of mystery, in the middle of a mess. Perfect place for each and every one of us to find Jesus. Right where we are. The question for you tonight is, are you ready to give up the perfect Christmas? Are you ready to receive the perfect gift God has for you? The one born in the middle of that mess in the manger. His name's Jesus. Are you ready to have a personal relationship with him? If so, tonight's the night. Tonight's the night. I encourage you to open your heart to him. And the way you do that is you start by saying, telling Jesus that you're a sinner in need of a savior. You can't save yourself. You need him, Jesus, to be a part of your life. And perfect as it is, to join you in your mess, to be your Savior. That's the good news of Christmas. Let's believe it. Let's live it. Let's pray. Almighty God, you join us at all times and all places 
and especially in those places and spaces where they are such a mess. And oh God, how you want to turn that around. Forgive us when we turn our backs, when we don't acknowledge your work in our lives, your provision. And God, help us cry out to you to turn toward you and receive that that joy and that peace and that hope and that wholeness that you want for each one of us. Your desire is that not one be separated from you. And you make a way through your son Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God with us, Emmanuel, Jesus in the flesh, who came to save and who lives today among us. Thank you, Lord. We praise your name this Christmas and always. I pray this in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Everybody gathered said, Amen.